Karen, what are some of the characteristics you would use to describe what makes an effective leader? Mm. Uh, honesty, transparency, uh, vision, humility, self-control, emotional intelligence, moral compass. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> no, um, I think you could. But as you were listing those things, all I could picture were the amazing women leaders I'm surrounded by. And while these characteristics can be found in men and women alike, some of these characteristics are more likely to be found in women. Hmm, so you're saying that in leadership, women might have the edge? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. This is called mm-hmm. the Peach Me. It's a twist on an old-fashioned. What's what's in this? So this has got two and a half ounces of Woodford Reserve bourbon, half an ounce of peach schnapps, a little few dashes of orange bitters, and it's garnished with an orange slice and a maraschino cherry. It is really tasty. I never thought I would like peach schnapps with bourbon. Nope. I thought peach schnapps was the kind of thing I left behind in my 20s, but um, turns out this is a really nice pairing of, uh, of, of liquors. I like it. Me too. Peach me. And tell me about women and what great litters they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you the funny thing about this one, when we were planning on this, when we were planning this episode, I struggled a little bit because I think we've talked about this before. We don't mm-hmm. like saying women's things or men's things or even making a gender difference when we can help it. Yet this topic still floated to the top for us. It did. You know, There have been plenty of times where I've mentioned that I've tried to, I'm very cognizant, especially at home, to kind of not be gendered about the way we talk about things uh, with our kids. And, um, but the the truth of the matter is, is there are different genders and there are um, differences among us. And so rather than being nitpicky about our differences, I think we should really embrace and celebrate some of the ways that um, women might really shine. I love that. And um, what are they? What makes us a great set of people to be leading? You know, well, first of all, uh, we don't have to recite the history of women in the workplace or how women rose to leadership roles and and how we're still in some ways fighting for um, uh, balanced genders in leadership roles, whether that's in the boardroom or in the C-suite, et cetera. Um, But I think that there's a there's a stealthiness among women <laughs> that um, we are used to not getting what we want. We're kind of used to not being expected to be the one or number one. And so through time, we've developed this incredible skill of the power of suggestion. I mean, how many times have you been in a meeting where you've had an idea and then um, a, a man maybe repeats your idea and people start nodding at the man, right? Sure. And, you know, the thing about it is, as you said, we don't, we don't have to go over it, but we do know there are generations of women not having a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but women are crafty and they're clever and find ways to suggest, convince, in, indirectly compel someone to, to see their way of thinking and think it's their idea. So it's interesting because we actually have the skill to make someone think it's their idea, which is now we're having to break the habit of other people thinking that 
the woman's idea is their own. <laughs> but that stealth mode that you talk about, I think, is a great skill to have and a great way to subtly lead and to move people in a, in a direction without having to be a bully about it. It's just an interesting, it's an interesting skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we're really good at planting seeds, right? We are. And the, the other way that that's incredibly helpful, that skill that so many of us have, we're good at planting seeds when we're developing people. So that's a different, you know, that's maybe not the type of leadership that we're talking about, but when we're developing people, we can plant seeds uh, and inspire people in that way. This is something I see in you. And then just like, let it, let it sit for a minute and then maybe even water it a little bit and cultivate it in somebody. And I think that that's um, an incredibly nurturing way to, to lead your team as well. And speaking of nurturing, uh, the other thing that I think is pretty common among women is our emotional IQ, our emotional intelligence, and our ability to really connect with people and, and take the time to understand and really want to understand others. I love that point. Talk to me for a little bit about the difference between IQ and emotional IQ. What does that bring to the table? Emotional IQ brings to the table the ability to truly listen Look for other cues that are maybe unspoken. Uh, understand how to follow up with someone when you aren't fully clear on what they're saying and make sure that they are totally heard and that you really are understanding. And because that's all data, that's all data that we can then make decisions based on. It's useful too, because if we assume that in a workplace we have hired intelligent, capable people, and we assume that everyone on our team has a role to play, being able to extract good ideas, support them, nurture, plant seeds, think of we over I, brings more resource to the table. If you, mm -hmm. if you make that space for other people's ideas, if you build their confidence in their abilities and in their own ideas, your output as a team is just greater, right? Absolutely. I 100% agree with you. I also kind of view it through the lens of having um, a holistic approach to team support, understanding that people have lives that they bring to the office that don't have anything to do with the task at hand. And that if you can be sensitive to the fact that there's a whole person sitting in front of you and a whole life sitting in front of you, and if you can support the whole person, then their satisfaction level goes up with, they know that they're in a safe place to work and um, their, their job satisfaction is greater because of it, because they know that they don't just have to put on, you know, uh, just their work hat, that they can be human. Wow, that's so breakthrough. <laughs> I wonder why we weren't there as a culture before. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's true. I mean, honestly, we all, I think, I think the past couple of years where we've had to be ridiculously flexible about how work happens and we have had literal windows into our coworkers' homes and lives mm -hmm. has maybe shown us how thinking of someone as a whole person can just engender a kinder, softer way of leading. It increases your amount of trust that someone can multitask. They can do intelligent thinking while their cat is crawling on their chair. I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of ways that we can understand and see people living their whole life instead of just that little 
box that we call their career. Mm-hmm. And I well, th- and I think that you are right that we have had a bigger window into that in the last two years. But I would like to think I was that kind of leader before the pandemic and before we went home. I would like to think that I already related, and and I think that goes back to women in leadership that that I am the type of leader that already cared about, you know, somebody's mother or anything else that was either a stressor or something to celebrate at home. Absolutely, and you you know, we talked about this a little a little bit before, but um, you are that kind of type. You are that type of leader. I've seen it in you. I think a lot of small businesses are. And really, when you take a peek at things, you understand that um, sometimes women start small businesses because they don't feel that kind of culture in a giant corporation or in an established business that is very rigid. And so female-led small business particularly can be incredibly agile and flexible and kind and curious. And, and that's half of why we start our business anyway, because we don't want to work in a different type of environment. Right. Either we, uh, either the culture wouldn't be a match or the opportunities aren't a match. If, if you're working for a large organization where um, there isn't a balance of gender in the top leadership roles, if you can't see that path, then it just might not be there for you. And so I do think that that's why many people start small business because they're going to create it for themselves. I remember when we were planning for this podcast, you were talking about being number two and you, you referenced um, uh, kind of a case study from Avis. Can you share that again? Yeah, I can. I love this one. So the thing is being number two means you are innovative and creative and working hard. And so I don't, God, this must've been I think this was the 60s when this when Avis did, they ran their ad campaign that we're number two, we try harder. And it's such a great campaign and it was very successful and you can find it in all the books. Um, we will link to a nice article I found on Slate.com about it. Um, but I'm going to read you a little bit for some of their advertising. The number one attitude is don't do the wrong thing, don't make a mistake and you'll be okay. The number two attitude is do the right thing, look for new ways, try harder. What I love about this is, number one, it was a great advertising campaign, which frankly was probably invented by men, but it's so true. When you are in the pole position, when you are in the lead, you have this assumption that I just need to hold on, and, and it might not be the place to innovate. And I think broadly, as a gender, we've never been in the lead when it comes to the number of spaces that have been open to us and the places for leadership that we've grown into. So as women, we are more creative and we try harder and we try new things because when the doors are shut to you in the traditional spaces, you build new spaces, right? That's right. You carve your own path. That's right. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. So I like the creativity angle. I think also parenting, as so many of us do, has and uses some of the same leadership qualities and maybe those emotional IQ qualities that women just have spilling out of their pockets. I think so too. I think it's, I mean, think how much project management is required when you're running a household and managing kids' schedules and family schedules. Think how much um, financial management prowess it takes to effectively manage a budget or see, 
your future and plan for, you know, retirement. And so, so much of, and then obviously the emotional IQ that it takes to raise humans um, and, and raise well-adjusted, healthy humans. So you're absolutely right. I think that there's, and we've had episodes on this before, what, what you learn in business applies at home. The things that make you uh, shine at home, you apply back into your business. And it's, it's really um, something that makes us pretty successful, I think. I think it is too. And I, I always think of it in terms, I'm sidebar, I'm really lucky my kids don't argue much and they are pretty good at compromise. Um, but, but a lot of parenting is fostering compromise and fostering equity. He got one and you get one. Everybody has one. And so when you think through the idea of how those traits of making a healthy family also apply to the office, I kind of like it. I, I feel like it's a great skill set to bring into the office to nurture and to encourage and build confidence in people. Those are mom skills. They they're, are mom skills. They're just I mom can't. skills. I can't tell you how many times I've I have apologized to a an employee for momming them. You know, I want to make sure they're okay and I'll give unsolicited advice. <laughs> it's like, sorry, I just mommed you. And you know, I want to make it clear, we call them uh, we call them mom skills and I don't believe you have to be a mother to have mom skills. I just I think we call them mom skills because motherhood is a career in which you have to employ these skills all the time. And so I think almost everybody has the ability to have these nurturing skills. Um, it's just someone with that prior experience in being a mom um, I mean, you has could be, practiced them, right? Yeah. Well, you, I mean, it, you could be a nurturing female leader who, does, who has furry babies or who doesn't have anything at all, but just, you know, innately understands how, how to be gentle and kind and nurturing. So right, and so it's it's not that um, that job gives you those skills. Most people innately have those skills, and if we can foster a place where the skills of being nurturing and building confidence and being stealth smart and being creative um, are allowed to grow, it makes for a really good workplace. And I just think women have a lot of those skills to give. Yeah, so. Can I share some data with you? You know how much I enjoy that. I always love your data. Do it. So I was digging into um, the notion of maybe women having the edge in leadership, and I found a really great Forbes article that I'm going that's very current, and mm -hmm. we can link to it also. Um, but it was about women having the edge, but it it was data driven. So I'm going to give you three really fun. Well, I'll give you three really fun facts. Um, but I'm also going to read a quote. Um, so data published in Forbes, the, it, Forbes was not the data miner, but they published it, um, that during COVID, states with female governors lost fewer people, like literally fewer people died in states with female governors than in states with male governors. Hmm. Last year, publicly traded companies who have gender-balanced leadership teams financially outperformed those who don't have gender ba balanced leadership teams. I just think that that's really, really fabulous. <laughs> it just means that there's a more well-rounded voice yeah. having the leadership conversations, more balance. More balance is a good thing. Okay. And then I'm going to read you. More people not dying is also a good thing. 
Absolutely. So I'm going to read a quote that I just was, I loved, which really resonated with me uh, from that same Forbes article. Companies expect talent to fight for power. That's the corporate structure, right? That's what men do. Women don't. They fight for purpose. Such a great line. That's why men sit atop the corporate world and women are now reaching the top of public and nonprofit sectors. And that's also why we need more women running businesses. Oh, that's such a powerful quote. I know. Men fight for power. Women fight for purpose. Doesn't that feel so true at the cellular level? In, I mean, in for a, the women part, at least yeah, for me. In a lot of instances, it sure does. It's really good to hear. Yeah. So we'll link to that Forbes uh, article. Thanks for sharing a drink with us. Talk to you next time. Speaking of why women float to the top of public and nonprofit sectors are the thing that we're talking about next time. Do you want to talk about our next guest guest episode? Yeah. Talk about women in leadership. So next time we'll be speaking to a woman who knows a whole lot about leading through a crisis. Unknowingly, Linda Vale, the director of the Ingham County Health Department, spent her career preparing to lead our community through the largest public health crisis we've known, COVID-19. Join us as we talk about what microbiology, marathons, and mental strength have to do with keeping our community healthy and safe. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.